Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Plug Into Your Life podcast. I have Dr. Juju Love, which I just love that name. And uh, Dr. Juju has a lot of cool experiences and passions and serving other people. But uh, we're really interested here on talking about transformation and spiritual awakenings and healing and all these different modalities wrapped around this space. So I'm so excited to present to you Dr. Juju Love and uh, Dr. Juju, thanks for being on. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is such an honor. So thank you so much, Dylan. I am so happy to be here to share whatever I could share. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, um, especially through this pandemic and everything else going on, have possibly picked up a few extra bad habits that maybe they didn't have prior. And I have personally become addicted to stopping addictions. And that means like cell phones and smoking and like all these different things that I've eliminated from my life. But it all started from the little glimmer of a spiritual awakening. And I'm so excited to hear your story and how it can help other people. But what was it like before all that? Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you ended up with the spiritual awakening. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a long story, but I'll do my best to keep it short. Okay. So I am in my late 50s now, but my journey of self-inquiry basically started in my mid-30s, I think. And what happened was on the outside, my life looked really good. So people thought I had a really good life, but there was definitely something amiss. I was feeling uh, deep dissatisfaction inside. And I didn't know what that was. I thought it was the job is wrong. The house is wrong. You know, maybe the place I'm living in is wrong. So I was only looking on the outside for, for you know, blaming, basically, like thinking everything else was wrong. And I didn't think to look inside of myself. But what happened was one day out of blue, I had this like trance or experience where I actually was in my last moment of my life, like a Scrooge kind of thing. I was like transported to this place or uh, my deathbed, basically. And I got to, you know, witness or review my um, life. And I'm an old lady dying. And when I look back, whatever flashed through my uh, view was nothing but just repetition of nothingness. Meaningless, just busyness. Wait, so when, when did that happen? This is before I really went on to my journey. So it's probably somewhere around 1999, 2000. I mean, so you were just like sitting there and all of a sudden you had this vision? Yeah, I out, out of blue, I was wow. in this place. I was not just seeing it, I was in it. I knew it was me having this experience. So so as it was happening, I was like, oh, what's, what is this? And um, so afterwards, when I came out of the trance, um, I was deeply disturbed because I thought I was living my life. But clearly I wasn't because if I if I go on the way I have been, then it, it was going to lead me to that place of dying and then realizing that my life had no meaning or purpose. And that deeply disturbed me. And so that actually made me get depressed. 
So I was actually saying like, life is meaningless. What, what the heck is life? You just like, whatever, and then you die and that's it. That was like really depressing viewpoint. But luckily, um, I, I guess it's the same spirit who gave me that vision, also gave me the, the, the thought in my mind, plenty of thought in my mind, um, made me think that, wait a minute, Look at the universe. Everything is working out perfectly fine. Everything has its place. We don't even know what's going on, but it's just everything works around all the planets and, you know, universe, galaxies. It all works. It has its place. And I was thinking that if the universe or whatever you call it goes out of its way to create a life form, which is me, there has to be a place for this life form there has to be a reason for my existence so i decided to look for what that is what is my reason for being wow let me just repeat that if the universe has gone out of its way to create a life form <laughs> yes which is you there has to be a purpose or meaning for that life oh yeah that's so good love that okay sorry yeah so <laughs> yeah. that gave me a reason to continue it also made me made me excited to find those age-old questions I started to ask myself who am I why am I here what's my purpose what's the meaning of life for me what makes me tick what's my passion what gives me joy I thought I was having a good life but obviously it wasn't a fulfilling and something that really um, gave me peace, joyfulness, like fulfillment inside. I felt empty. So these questions um, propel me to go out and look for whatever these questions I've you know, proposed. And that's when things started to change. I started to uh, be exposed to life that I didn't, I wasn't aware of before, life of consciousness. I never even like thought of consciousness. I didn't really hear about uh, people talking about vibration, energy, and things like that. These all started to like be in in front of my life, and I was starting to get more and more intrigued by the world of metaphysical worlds of energy, vibration, and so exciting. But I wasn't experiencing it. I felt like they're talking about all these vibrations. Like, how, but how do you feel it? I don't feel anything. How do they know when they raise the vibration? I don't know. Like, do they know? What do they feel? I, I wanted to experience these things. And I didn't have any, um, uh, like, a gauge. I never experienced this, so I didn't know what, what they were even talking about. I wanted to experience it. And so I started to meditate, you know. I started to meditate. I didn't know how. But my intention was, I'm going to meditate every single day, sit down for at least half an hour, hour. So I started meditating every single day to just, you know, quiet my mind and just, you know, be present. That was, that was all I did. Like I just sat and quieted my, myself as best as I could. And in the process, I think between uh, meditating, journaling, and also going out and experiencing different healing modalities and going out and experiencing the 
uh, broader these this type of um, alternative ways of thinking and life made me think more expansively. And one day during my um, meditation, I grew up on, in a Christian family, but I'm not a Christian. But growing up in Korea, I remember singing this gospel and I didn't know what it was, but it really resonated with me only with that one verse and it made me cry. And I, it totally resonated. I just really wanted to be that. And later on, I realized that it's actually St. Francis prayer. And it starts like this. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, a little bit. It Go says, ahead. oh, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. But I remember it as your love. I'm all about love. So when I heard that, oh, I want really, I really want to be an instrument of the divine love. I wanted to be that too, so that my background like that, just exude that and share that. I didn't know what that looks like or feels like or, but just that idea of being that instrument really resonated with me. And then eventually one thing led to another. I happened to actually have, um, there are other things too, but what really, uh, you know, like opened everything was I happened to facilitate, not facilitate, well, hold a space, like my own home in New York City for a healing modality called the Seven Rays Healing. And preceding that, I was getting all these signs of numbers. Like I was familiar with numbers, having vibrations, everything having, having vibrations. And that day I saw all what they call master numbers, which is double digit, 11, 22, like that. I saw all by 44, but I was still excited. Like, oh, I saw all these numbers. And I was on the phone with my sister because she's the one who wanted to have this um, an event at my home because the guy lost the venue. And I was talking to her and I said, you, I don't know what's going on, but I'm seeing all these numbers today, but I haven't seen 44 yet. And as I was saying that, I'm looking out the window and this guy across on the other side of our apartment complex, climbs out of the window to the fire escape, turns around to clean his window and on his shirt back, guess what he says on the back? <laughs> That's so cool. 44. So I knew something was up. I didn't know what, but I just felt really good. And then once the um, the healing, the workshop started, I felt like I was possessed, actually. I felt like something was going on, I'm happening, something happening. Um, I didn't resist. I felt like, ah, oh, you know, they pay, probably I look kind of crazy, possessed, or I don't know what, I look weird. But it felt good to me. So I allowed that to happen, but I was also conscious to participate. And it's during that time I got to um, experience the energy exchange between my sister and the, the guy who was leading. And that's, I didn't even know that's what I was doing, but you know, afterwards I realized. Uh, so it was during that time that 
I actually experienced this energy download. Yeah. Um, it's not really a download. I don't know exactly how to experience, explain it. But first I had that, that pour through my crown, through my body was so strong it knocked me off the chair i was crying like crazy wailing i was so sad i don't think i've ever experienced sadness grief that to that extent like it's beyond description so we took a little break and then we resumed and did you know back on the question and answer same thing happened like i was having this energy percolating on the top of my head and it came through and this time again, I, I was off the chair, but this time it was beyond ecstatic joy. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. Everything was like, uh, everything was coming out of all my orifices, tears, snots, spits, like so happy. So that's oh. what awakened me. And I see that experience as the day when my spirit finally actually descended into my body. Mm. Because before that, I was an aloof person. I avoided being close. I avoided experiencing life, um, feeling things. So that experience put me into like a fullness of who I am. And from that day on, my healing gifts, my sensitivities, intuition, just like blossom like crazy. And the healing thing happened not because I knew how, but universe gives you that opportunity. So let me just ask a couple questions around that. Um, I too have felt that I, I used to describe it like somebody took a cup of just energetic love and just poured it from the top of my head and you can just feel it just enter into your body. Um, but prior to that, what, what do you think inv invoked that sense? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I want this spiritual awakening. I want this. I want that. But it sounds like in your story, though, it started from maybe just a curiosity. Like, where, where do you think that that experience, like if you traced it back into the event leading up to it, like what what do you think really started that? Curiosity, yes. Curiosity, definitely. I say it's a deep desire, mm. desire from your heart to experience something that you really wanted with your whole being, that you desire that so much so that you actually do whatever you're guided to do, which was for me to do, question it and attend whatever I could. I was so blessed to be in New York City because you could experience everything everywhere, anytime, pretty much. And all these amazing people come through. So I was doing whatever I could. So, you know, in the desire, intention and act, acting upon it and actually being open to experience something, even though it feels a little scary, uh, so unfamiliar, scary, I don't know. Um, so I could, I, I do believe that if I decide to shut that down because I felt so uncomfortable and weird, I could have probably but I felt so um I do believe that that experience was perfect setup because I was amongst healers 
So even though I wasn't one of them, I felt like I wasn't one of them, but I felt safe to be in their space, you know, play um, in that space that they created because I, whether it was true or not, I felt that I wasn't going to be judged for whatever I'm experiencing, whatever the things that I'm exhibiting. And that was clearly so because they didn't uh, make fun of me or they didn't question what I was having. They just realized that she's experienced something good, something, and it's good. I think that's so important that you just brought that up about feeling that um, uh, shame or guilt or uh, judgment towards other people. And I think a lot of people get trapped. I know it was true for me. I felt almost like trapped in this bubble of I can't express myself the way I really want to because it wasn't familiar to me. Exactly. I wasn't, I hadn't already like stepped into that. So based on the people in my life at that moment, it was like, well, I'm just going to project, I'm going to wear this mask and just kind of fit in with everybody. So I don't feel that judgment and stuff, but I think that in itself goes way back into like school. Like you wanted to fit in, you wanted to be cool. And like you develop this habit of being accepted, I think. And then all of a sudden you grow up and you're like, and like you described like that inner feeling of like, oh, there's just something not right. And you also brought up, um, you had the experience where you were kind of projected into like your older self where you were an old woman and, you know, you just felt like all these emotions around that. And I used to live in a retirement community and for many years and every day I drove past, I would see these older men, like probably in their eighties or late seventies where they were sitting there every day, every day they were sitting there on the porch. And I remember just driving past them thinking like this immense, like dread, like I, I had the house, I had the business. I had like all this little perfect life that you grow up believing that you need to have to be happy. And, but I wasn't happy. And it was like, every day I saw them, I'm like, oh my God, like, that's going to be me, you know, like years later, the same thing over and over again. And it scared the crap out of me. And yeah, so I've had that same epiphany where like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good because I believe that people get complete, you know, um, too comfortable and they don't question and they're, they've forget to you know when you're a child children are very inquisitive most of the times and we stop you know being curious Mm. and because when you're curious you actually bring new experiences into your life and I totally agree with you that fitting fitting in I actually used to say that oh um I feel like I'm a chameleon I just fit in I just kind of change myself to where I'm, where I am, who am I, who I am with, I kind of change me to myself to fit into whatever that group of people I'm hanging out with. So I'll change color, I'll change the way I talk, change the way I behave, maybe change the way I even dress, you know, depending on who I'm with. Yeah. So that I feel like I'm part of them. I am one of them, I mean. So that was definitely something that I became aware that that's something I did. And then another thing that I realized afterwards that I became um, 
So before I was really living a life of unconscious, not paying attention to what I'm doing, how I'm behaving truly. And so that chameleon thing was one thing I realized that I was doing. Another thing was that my friends were saying, I will say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That, that was my favorite uh, phrase. So I was like, wow. It's not that I don't know. It was like, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, how about answer? Because I didn't want to be responsible for whatever the answer I give. So, yeah. And um, I became more and more aware. And so once the healing opportunity came, like I told you, I wasn't seeking to be a healer. It just came with this, you know, tsunami of energy and all this experience happening all at once. And I call that my experience as my quickening. So after the experience, I had like a, a long period of intense, like every day I was experiencing something amazing. I'll journal, I experienced stuff. And then one day I had this, I'll go to this outreach program in, in one of the hospitals where you, you know, it was free and you get to experience healing, meditation, all kinds of stuff for free. So I'll go there every week. And this particular day, I was, you know, asked by one of the healers that she was uh, told that by another, you know, uh, intuitive healer that she needed a healing from me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, you guys are all healers and I'm here to receive, <laughs> you know. But I said, okay, I'll give, you, I'll give it a try. Um, I did take one of those, like, healing workshop thing one weekend. So I wanted to do that, you know, because she asked. But it didn't quite feel like I did. But anyway, I did my best. And then after I received the healing, um, and then on the way out, I saw her from the back. And I really felt the sense like, oh, she really needs that healing. I really don't think I gave her that what she needed. So I asked her, um, can, I can I give it another try? And she's like, sure. So I stood in front of her, she was sitting, and I tried to, you know, do healing. I don't know what that is, but, you know, from uh, <laughs> my, um, what I learned was like always observe the person you're working on to, to notice the changes or whatnot. But my inner volition, whatever was driving me, the feeling was like, just close your eyes. And I was fighting it because I was learned keep my eyes open and monitor the person who's in front of me. But I, that, that feeling was so strong, I just had to let that happen. So I closed my eyes and the magic happened. <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. Like, how do I do healing? I didn't know, right? Yeah. Now I closed my eyes and I was no longer me. I was actually standing behind me and in place where I should be was this beautiful divine goddess is the only word that comes to me. And she did everything. She was conducting energy like a musician or magician and with energy, uh, including all the energies around us, including the music that was playing in the background, healing music play playing in the background. I didn't have to do anything. I just allowed my body to be the instrument to be you know, I didn't make the movement she was doing. I just had to witness 
and observe and let my body be used. And it felt so amazing. It felt, it was so beautiful. I wanted to go to, I wanted to go turn, go around and like look at it from the front too, but I'm, I'm actually standing behind. So I only saw the back, but however it is, it just felt so amazing. I didn't have to do anything. It was done and then it was finished. So then I finished, it was done. I opened my eyes. Then I look at her and she now opens her eyes and looks at me and she says, that was amazing. So that was the beginning of my healing journey. <laughs> After that, I was like, whoever wants to experience, I'm game. Like, you know, I wanted to experience more. And, um, and I realized that more and more I did it. That's where my true joy and passion lied in helping people and me being the instrument of the divine love and seeing the change and how people change. Some miraculous, some just, I don't know how it happens, but it has happened. Yeah, when I, I, I do healings, and, well, I, I say I'm a healer, but the truth is we're all healers, I believe. We are. And I believe that it's actually not even us. It's, we don't have to do anything. It's the other person is actually healing themselves and the energy of the intention, I believe, pulls in that love, that spirit, that divine grace, you know, and yeah, you're right. Your body is just the instrument being used, but I think it all comes from that awareness and the intention behind what you want to do. Totally. Oh, intention so is so important. And I do believe that it's the other person does the work by being open to receive whatever's happening, that their intention and desire is also in that matching vibration, not just from the mind, like, oh, I want to heal, but yeah. really true inner desire to want that transformation. And in that process, you become open. And it does, you don't have to be so open for you know wide open kind of thing from my experience is that you just need a little bit of willingness little little tiny opening lets that energy in and does the mat you know start to make the magic happen so yeah um it just feels will. so good like um, yeah it feels so good and i think free will is like the greatest gift right but the free will can go I'm not open to any of that stuff or it can be, you know, I had a, a near death experience. And yeah. when I was with these uh, guides or these spirits or these angels or whatever you choose words, you choose, they told me that they're always with us, but the only key is, is that you have to ask for help. You have to like want their guidance or their support. And yeah, I think that's so true. I think, uh, yeah, people, when they're ready, they're ready, you know, really cool. Yeah, that is so good. I so truly believe that it's everything is all there. And like you said, we have to ask. You got to ask. Even the Bible says, ask, you shall receive, knock on the door. I say the same thing. Um, the My spiritual journey happened and, and I received these um, new things only because I started to question, who am I? Who am I? Like, I didn't know. Who am I? Why am I even here? What, yeah. you know? 
I have I have some answers to my personal answers to those things, but asking those questions and asking the universe, whatever you call it, as I, I don't have a particular name because to me it's beyond human consciousness and even worse to describe undescribable, indescribable, undescribable. Yeah, it's so I don't true. Know what the right word is. Yeah, so, indescribable. It's like the most familiar, unfamiliar feeling, I believe. Yeah. So I, I use all the terms. I use words like God. I use source, vibration, um, cosmos, cosmic, universe, whatever, multiverse. All good to me. So Yeah, all good. Yeah, it's all good. And I, I've even learned to love and appreciate the bad, the, well, I believe good and bad is just an idea in our mind that we've decided something's good or bad, but mm. I've just loved all of the experiences I've gone through. Um, and I was reading a little bit about um, what you were, your experiences and shows that you've like overcame some things in your life. Um, now, overcoming some of these challenges, was this a, an out, a outcome of the spiritual experiences that you've had? Um, and how did you go about choosing to change some of those things in your life? Yes. So, so I started, you know, I chose to welcome the healer's journey. And because that I couldn't think of anything, give me that much joy and, and fulfillment working with people and seeing their transformation. So I'm doing this stuff, but then I started to have all this, like, I was having issues because I have my own problems, but I'm helping other people change, but I'm still having my own problems. And I felt <laughs> yeah. like a real um, hypocrite, you know, I'm like, because um, I was smoking and, and I had also bulimia. So I help people and then like later in the day, I'm smoking and, and I'm throwing up and I'm like, um, I, I'm like, this just doesn't, yeah, I just felt wrong. Like I felt like I had to do something. Not only that, um, bulimia, actually, I felt like it would kill me because there are some days I would experience and I felt my heart racing and, but I just couldn't stop myself from having that experience. So but I felt that I knew actually that I can't do two things at the same time because I'll, I won't make, I had to choose which one first, tackle one thing at a time, because if trying to do both, I'll be a fail. I will fail in both. So I chose to tackle something that felt more immediate because the, the bulimia felt like it could kill me, give me a heart attack any moment. So I just had to, um, you know, have a more deeper journey of what, and there were, you know, experience, there are definitely um, emotions attached. And there's something to a fact that I don't deserve to have a have good, perfectly happy day. If it's good, I have to end it with that kind of, um, that behavior, so I would feel bad for myself. So there, there are multiple things going on, but there's definitely feeling stopping myself from experiencing good life, feeling good, having a good, completely, perfectly good day. I would just sabotage it. So 
I decided that, you know, I am responsible for everything I do, my actions, behaviors. So if I um, decide to overeat to a point that I really want to throw up, I'm just going to sit and deal with the consequence of feeling horrible. So I just decided to take uh, act, you know, responsibility for what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, but not take action of actually throwing up. And so eventually it stopped. So I was like, oh, I could totally do this. I don't have to do all this crazy drama stuff. And so that stopped. And then for the smoking part. Wait, wait, wait. So the bulimia. Um, so describe that from going from I'm doing it every time to I don't have this anymore. It was your awareness of like what you're doing and that tuned you into why you're doing it. Like you're sabotaging yourself from having a, a good day. Like you didn't deserve it. And you think that awareness of the, the root cause of what you're doing, it helped you to decide not to do that anymore. Taking responsibility for my action. Ah, okay. Becoming aware. We could be aware of so many things, but if we don't, you know, knowledge is only power when we act upon it. It's just potential energy. So becoming aware is first step, but you have to take a step. So my taking step was being uh, responsible for my action. So previously, I would unconscious, you know, subconsciously, whatever, just, I would just, that was like an automatic thing that I wanted to gravitate, I gravitate towards just doing that because it'll give me that feeling of relief, but it was just only physical. It wasn't the relief of the yucky feeling that I was feeling. Yeah, yeah. So I decided that, you know, that is actually adding to my feeling ashamed and guilty and all that stuff and feeling undeserving of love. So when I started to take responsibility for my own action towards this behavior, that's when things completely changed. And it was actually quite easy. Yeah. There, there. I, I do have to say there are many days I was feeling so full, like I was going to burst because I, you know, still stuff myself with food. And uh... <laughs> oh, you'd be over, have overcome that. And then so your next uh, thing was smoking. Yeah, I smoked for like 30 years, 20 something years, I think. Um, so that was another thing, like I knew it was not helping me to uh, be a good healer because it changes, you know, it affects my energy also, energy field as well. But, you know, I attempted many times before, like did meditate, I uh, did like um, hypnosis, I did patch, you know, that kind of stuff, um, but none of them worked. And one day, um, my friends, no, actually, let me go back. It, I had to actually have another deep dive into why am I smoking? How did it get, how did I get to be where I am with this thing? Like, why is this, why is this acting like it's my best friend when it's, it's not? So when I had that, and it was kind of interesting, you know, it's of course my own journey. I realized that there's like a double um, pretension going on. 
So I smoked, but I wasn't one of those people who are like, oh, I love smoking. And, you know, but I was not one of those people. I did my best to look and smell and look to, to not appear like a smoker. So I wasn't a um, proud smoker, closet smoker. People who knew knew I was smoking, but you know, um, I did my best to keep my place clean, that I smell good, you know, that people don't associate me with smoking. So I was, uh, I'm smoking, but I was pretending like I'm not a smoker on the appearance side. But going deeper, I realized that nobody is born with an you know, as an. We are all clean slate. We're born. But at some point, I took on a persona of a smoker. So I'm wearing a mask of a smoker, and then I was wearing a mask on top of a smoker mask, a uh, non-smoker mask. So I decided so that <laughs> <laughs> I, at that moment, I realized that, oh, all I have to do is choose to be me. Wow. Because underneath all that you know, mask is me who doesn't have any of these things. I was born clean. So I, that just became so clear in my mind, choose to be me, my true authentic self. So I was, okay, I, all I have to do is choose to be me. And then everything became easy. How long did it take you to fully stop smoking? So it, it became <laughs> like a, um, a game between me and my yeah. friend down the hall uh, because we're always trying to help each other quit and whatever um, and so at that moment like she actually contacted me and she's like hey you want to do like a 40-day smoke-free challenge and I'm like that sounds like fun <laughs> yeah. so sign me up so we did that and then uh, I actually you know took took it further made like a Facebook group for myself <laughs> and invited some of my friends who none of them are smokers but they joined to support me and so it made like a 40-day challenge and so my goal was that 40 days choose to be me and and it was so easy and effortless not like the times when I was trying to quit because I believe the difference between the two were uh, before I was trying to fix something that as if I'm broken. And this time I knew I was perfectly fine. I just had to let go of this garbage stuff and just choose that non-broken. The, the part was never broken in the first place. Yeah, so so. So it was easy. I just knew I became more aware of my, um, you know, those thoughts like, oh, I'm thinking about cigarettes. That's interesting. And I just walked. And then I realized I'm not thinking about cigarettes anymore. So it was like that. It was just, it's not like you have an addiction doesn't mean that you have um, that thing is uh, acting upon you 24 seven. So when you catch that and then not go with it, then each moment you can actually feel um, a little bit and a little bit, take yourself power, take your power back a little bit and a little bit more and more. And it gets easier and easier. 40 days came so easy. And I was like, oh, I'll just continue another 40 days, another 40 days. 
so good that you're describing all of that. I, I'd like to say like, it's like walking through like a tall weed uh, field, you know, and you've been walking the same uh, path over and over again every day. And it's turned into a real like trail, but beside the trail is these tall weeds. And now you're trying to go a different direction and you gotta go through the weeds. It's like this thing, but the truth, when I, I used to smoke for 12 years, or a little bit longer but every time I would try to quit it was so difficult like I don't it was like I was trying to do it you know but then when I became like the person that you know what I don't I don't like smoking actually you know and I just (laughs) and I shifted my my consciousness of like who I am and I didn't judge that person of smoking anymore I did the same thing I had these masks on and I would everything was clean. I couldn't stand the smell of it and all that stuff. But then I always told myself, like, I will never quit smoking. Like I just accepted it. But then that was like one of the first things I quit. Like it became so easy. Like when you just embodied that. Yeah. Just like, I mean, you described it way better, but really cool. Um, Okay. So you've had all these experiences and just uh, monitoring time. I would love to dive into uh, your, you talk about you know, um, becoming, uh, you know, awaken the superhero within you, you know, uh, yes. and joyfully live your purpose. And so please describe like how all of these experiences, and I'm sure you have many more, but have kind of transitioned into, you know, allowing other people to experience the superhero within themselves, which by the way, I love because, you know, the science is if you stand in a superhero pose for two minutes, you're physically changing your body. Uh, the so physiology, I, our chemistry yeah. changes. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Um, so it's basically based on my healing journey, healer's journey. I, as I was going through and I just became more and more aware of where I was and where I was going and how things changed. So I used to be an extremely anxious person. And because of that, I was aloof. And that's why I wasn't, you know, I didn't allow people, I didn't want to feel life or feel feelings, feel emotions. Um, I didn't want to feel other people's stuff because I could do that. And so I guess sometime in my life when I was still growing up, I remember my life feeling like so sparkly and connected and magical. And then when puberty came, adolescence came, things started to just fade and became dull because I think that's when I decided to just cut myself off from feeling the world. And, and but it was still not unconsciously um, disconnecting, but it's not like I'm not feeling. So physiologically, I'm still experiencing. So I was extremely anxious. And so I was also having um, health issues too. And as I was going through this healer's journey and doing healings on people and also became a natural, you know, becoming a naturopathic doctor, I realized that um, first and foremost, like you said, everybody's a healer. It just hasn't been tapped into or awakened yet. Just like I, it was there for me, but I, you know, somehow um, dimmed the light. So I wasn't seeing it. I wasn't feeling it or experiencing it myself. So 
it, that spiritual journey, tapping into your soul, your guide, and, and um, awakening that aspect of you that is your superhero for yourself. And, and when you live that, you actually could become a superhero for other people too, in a way, being that um, a role model, so to speak. Um, so that, you know, I noticed that anxiety and depression is prevalent in people like me who are highly sensitive. And, and uh, if you go, you know, full spectrum of highly sensitivity, then you become um, empaths who are not only sensitive, but you actually also uh, experience energy as if other energy around you, including other people's pains and feelings, emotions, including, you know, the other uh, living things like animals and plants could feel, feel all those things as if it's happening within you. So I really wanted to, these people who are ha not, who haven't quite um, unpacked their gifts yet, fully to understand that they have these enormous gifts that needs to be unpacked and uh, tried on and uh, get better at using them so they could really um, overcome their anxiety, depression, overwhelm, overstimulation. Like how do we live in this world of constant barrage of stimulation, overstimulation basically, and live joyfully from your heart and feeling grounded so you could actually feel these feelings without getting knocked off. So, yeah, and the way you articulate all of that is just so good too. I'm, uh, yeah, uh, mm, just sitting with all of that. It's just so so empowering, and I think a lot of people really need to hear that message. So you also offer services to help people through that process and yes. um, they can reach you through your website would be the best way, www.drjujulove.com. Yes. Okay. And yes. Um, you also have a, an offer uh, for people and what's the, what, what, what are some of the ways that people can contact you and what is uh, one of your yeah, so if you if you could if you go to my website www.drjujulove.com uh, and then if you go to cal uh, the contact or you know there are other places you could so if you actually go to contact you could schedule a session with me awaken your superhero breakthrough session and it's on me it's a gift from me to you so if you happen to be if you resonate with what I've been sharing and if you're going through, you know, tough times and really want to tap into your inner source and tap into your soul and live your soulful life, soulful, heartful, purposeful life and joyful life, I would love to, you know, have this session and guide you through whatever I can with you. So perfect. And so lightning round is... What are what is like a book, a movie, some some modality of something that someone could check out today that had a really big impact on your life? Oh, impact on my life? Well, actually, first of all, I have my book. Well, can uh, you see? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Okay. Actually, this is a collaboration book, holistic, and on my website there's a download of my chapter. 
um, that you could actually get and actually share a briefly of my healing journey. And so that's, you know, of course, my, my story that yeah. some of the things that I have, boy, I have so many, so many um, amazing experiences and tools and gifts that um, the books too many to mention. Um, because I can't say one book, I say the one thing that made the biggest impact in my life is meditation. Yeah, mine too. And you don't have to know how. <laughs> you don't have to know how. Your intention and your action, like I said, when you have an intention to create something and when you act upon it and make it consistent every single day, it doesn't have to be hour long. It could be five minutes. It could start with three minutes. It doesn't really matter. It could be just a one minute of just deeply breathing, connecting with your breath. And if you start there and make that every single day, you are going to actually start seeing a huge something magical start to happen. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, my next question was going to be, uh, if you could name like three, three things that someone could start doing if they're facing a life that they feel that angst, that inner struggle, that just something isn't right in my life. Like, what, what are some like three little baby steps that someone, so you mentioned, you know, just starting with a minute. I had someone on the other day saying, just start with three minutes <laughs> of meditation. You know, um, what are some of those three baby steps that someone could take in that direction from releasing all that? First and foremost, first and foremost, breathing, conscious breathing. So, you know, as in the word, you know, English is not even my first language, but just the word inspiration, inspire, that word has spirit in it. And it means you're not only breathing in air that sustain your body, but you're breathing in, you're bringing in your spirit. So if you consciously, when you, especially when you feel anxious and like, oh, some, you know, I don't know, I'm so anxious and nervous and scared, is the moment you just kind of close your eyes, tune in, breathe in deeply, and just breathe through your diaphragm. And it doesn't have to be anything special breathing, just that idea, the conscious connection with your spirit knowing that i am tuning in and breathing bringing in that energy of life my life source into me with each breath and i say breathe in um, love and breathe out gratitude so do that three times and you're already going to feel a little bit better breathing first and foremost but did you have two other baby steps <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my first baby step is breathing. And another, I mean, meditation is, um, you could call it baby step if you make it into a small section, doesn't have to be a. And another thing is um, journaling. Those three things I, I do every day. And, you know, when I had those spiritual, uh, the, the spiritual awakening experience, those actually took a huge part in my transformation because I'm consciously aware of my what's happening and I'm actually writing it down. And, and even if it's like, especially when something is yucky, 
write it all down. So don't keep it in your head. Write it all down. You could burn it or whatever later on, but get it out of your system. So in that process of just transferring the energy from in you through your hand, through pen, and to an, another medium, paper. So now you, you transfer that energy of all that yucky feeling and consciously write it down. And then you could have a ritual of burning it saying, you know, I mean, or you don't have to, but just having that connecting journaling for gratitude, definitely helpful. But in the moment of feeling like all oh, this stuff, it's good to just write it out. Oh, so good. And all three of those. Can I just add one? Yeah, please. So that getting it out of your system, like, um, you know, in my experience, there's there are some people write nasty email to you, nasty text to you. Mm -hmm. And your immediate response would be, F you and, you know, you could do that. I said, do that, write it out, get out your emotions, but don't send it. Yeah, I used to send it. <laughs> don't I send it, just yeah. get it out of your system. Because that actually helps you this, you know, transmute that energy, but you don't have to have a ping pong match. Yeah, so powerful. Um, yeah, and all of that has been so powerful for me as well. So yeah. Uh, we're at the top of the hour, Dr. Juju. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Breathing, yeah, meditation, so fun. writing. Yeah, I would love to have you on again to talk like deep dive into even one of these topics. I would love to. I would love to. And uh, yeah, guys, so if you're listening and you are feeling like maybe you are in Groundhog Day in your life or you're just not stepping into your true self or you're questioning like, who am I, you know? Uh, check out Dr. Juju Love's uh, website. We'll put all the links down below so you can connect or uh, please comment down below if anything resonated with you or if you want to hear more about something and we will uh, plug into your life. So <laughs> all right, love it. Plug on. into your life. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you guys. Bye. <laughs>